been a few days since Ash Wednesday. How are your commitments going? Well, I want to encourage you today to continue with it. What was given to you as a prompting, hopefully in prayer, to offer up, lean into that. Continue to have hope and give your sacrifice again. In some ways, you know, Lenten sacrifices may seem on the surface to many, including us at times, kind of like a New Year's resolution. A commitment to sacrifice something for some greater good, but the difference is that a New Year's resolution is typically about me. I'm going to give up something this year, I'm going to sacrifice the food that I normally like, so I'm going to try to lose weight, I'm going to break a bad habit, I'm going to stop procrastinating. But it's oftentimes thinking of me, improvement for me. And ironically, it seems most everyone is willing to make a New Year's resolution as if it's a mandate or some religious tenet. But how many of us focus our attention to Lent as the time to commit to sacrifice for something good? And is the decision we make to sacrifice this time focused on me or on what I may become for others? Why are we asked to sacrifice during this time, whether it's to give up something like chocolate or sitcoms or social media or doing something additional like prayer or sacred reading or offering of our time? As I went through thinking of what I wanted to do, one of the things I've done, and I have a sticky note on my dashboard, is to remind me not to race from light to light. Try to make that yellow light. Just let that yellow light be God's pause for me, for my day. What value is it meant to be for me, my Lenten sacrifice? The question that I pose to you today is one that connects with our bulletin on times for confession this Lent. My question for you to dwell on and ask Jesus is, am I free? Am I free to serve you? Am I free from what holds me back, Lord? Living within this parish community, do you feel truly that Jesus loves you? He asks you to come tell him your sins so you can be free of that weight and burden to those sins that are holding you, holding you back from living the life that he calls you to live. And yet, we are so obstinate at times that we will drag it another week, another month, another six months. This Lent should be a time that we really wrestle with what is holding me back from being miraculous. Because that's what we should be able to bring forth from our faith. I grew up in a devoutly Catholic home, and I remember as a kid how I would spend so much time trying to figure out just the best sacrifice, the right one. And the right one for me was one that I could do, and one that would be impressive to my brother and to my friends that I was able to do it. But I'll tell you, not much prayer went into making that sacrifice. Now, as an adult, I find that I reflect on the fact that this is not a New Year's resolution, should not be, and I ask in prayer, what can I do that will move me closer, transform me more to be like Christ, to have the heart of Christ? 
What sacrifice am I willing to risk offering up? One that may be vulnerable to temptation. So much so that I simply can't do it on my own. I need Jesus' help. As I was preparing for this Mass, I was working with one of the altar servers and just suggesting him to lift a chair with his one arm. He couldn't do it. And so then I said, well, ask for help. And he asked for help and we lifted the chair together. How simple a notion to think that that's what we're asking Jesus to do. If our sacrifice is easy and we can lift it by ourselves, what do we need Jesus for? Our sacrifice should be something that draws us closer to him, more dependent upon him. Today's gospel passage speaks to temptation, and it really gets at the heart of what Christ was willing to sacrifice. His sacrifice to risk all was no less prone to temptation than any great sacrifice you or I may make. This gospel reading we hear today, short, isn't it? But it is so powerful. What I love about St. Mark is he gets right to the point. In so few words, he expresses so much of what we are called to do, what Jesus came to do, and where he is leading us. Today's gospel follows his baptism. Jesus rises out of the water and baptized the Holy Spirit descends upon him. And from that moment forward, then the Spirit pushes him, it says today, moves him into the desert to spend 40 days in preparation. He is God. So why does he have to prepare? Why does he have to go in the desert and do this? But we remember as Catholics that our teachings that we believe in point to that Jesus is fully God and he's fully man. And if he's fully man, then he has to at least be vulnerable to experiencing temptation. So that we might see the strength that is within us as God's creation. God became human to awaken us to the reality that this vessel, this body and spirit that we have, has unbelievable abilities when we entrust it to him. Christ came into this world to enter into the depths of our human experience. Certainly from the highs and the good, but into the ugliest parts. Those parts that actually cause your stomach maybe to turn into a knot when you think, I actually need to confess this. I need to get it off my soul. Christ is right there with you. He's experienced that suffering, not the sin, but he experiences the suffering that we go through in our humanities, in our humanity when we're dealing with tragedy or loss or betrayal or whatever that is that is causing us to disconnect from him. He knows that and he does not want us to drag it around. He became incarnate body for us to know we can do great. You know, when you uh, think to yourself, wow, I'm glad I avoided that sin, or I almost tripped up, but thankfully I avoided that. Let me tell you that you weren't alone in that thought at that moment. Your avoidance of the sin was not because you were able to avoid the sin. 
was because God was able to go in front of you and lead you around that sin. God prompts the grace that you need to overcome the temptation that you struggle with. When you're tempted, we need to remember this about Jesus going into the desert for 40 days. That's why this is so valuable. St. Mark states very briefly that Jesus was tempted by Satan. Not that Satan was tempting Jesus, but in the specific wording, Jesus was tempted by Satan. And yet, unlike us, he withstood temptation, and in so doing, he shows us the possibility with grace that we too can resist Satan. To put God first and to recognize that only he can make us happy. Only he can bring us peace. I want happiness in my life. We all do. And we want peace in our day that we just are confounded by all the frustration that comes in. We want peace. Well, the only place where we'll find happiness and peace is with Jesus. No matter how hard you try to replace it, it's never going to be fulfilling, except when you place it before Jesus. The sacrifice isn't something you do to prove to yourself that I can do it. It is something you do to reveal to yourself and others, God's with me. I'm focused on God. With all my frailties, I'm focused on God. And by doing that, others are benefited from that. As you make that commitment to sacrifice. Each of us has gifts. Each of us. But today, I particularly want to focus on your gift of time. Time that we offer for the benefit of others. To benefit not only our community here at Holy Redeemer, but for those who don't even know us. Or maybe don't even care about us. The gift of time in an era like we live in is so precious. And believe me, I, I, I empathize with that. I think about if I sat down and, and scheduled out my day, it would be overwhelming. But I don't spend, I've learned to not spend time dwelling on the how, but focusing more on the do with God's grace. Believers risk to believe that a sacrifice of something like our time can be made if we offer it to God. We can honor God with prudent use of our time, that gift of the Holy Spirit, prudence, to do a good work for others. Remember the story of the multiplication of loaves and fish, that miracle of the feeding of the 5,000. Well, Pope Benedict, Pope Benedict in his papacy wrote something very powerful that spoke to me as I wrote this homily. And he says, there are three key parts to that miracle. First, that people were searching for God, hungry for the word. Second, that God is asked to supply the food. And finally, third, the willingness for people to share with one another. We have to be willing to receive what we receive here at Mass and share that, not hold on to it as a possession, to share that freely with others. The disciples had to learn that. That last one is so essential, sharing of your time. Pope Benedict went on to say that it is in this world that we are obliged to resist the delusions of false philosophies. 
and to recognize that we do not live by bread alone, but first and foremost, by obedience to God's word. Only when this obedience is put to practice does the attitude develop that is, that is also capable of providing bread for all. God doesn't work miracles absent our participation. We must be willing to lean into our faith and to share our gifts. Time is but one of those gifts. And as precious as it is, it is, it is necessary that we share that to bring about miraculous things. If you sit there and you think, I cannot do a miracle, you are being lied to and you're lying to yourself. By your very presence in a world like today, that you're here to receive the Eucharist, you are participating in that miracle. So be obedient to Christ's message when he says, repent. Repent and believe in the gospel. We are created to be miracle workers in this world through the sharing of the good news that we will all say in 40 days, he is risen.